man, are they quiet today, Amy. How did you do this? I've only been up here 10 seconds. I can feel it. I might make you all move up closer. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. Uh, Going to jump into a new series I've been threatening you with for the last six months, it seems like. We're going to, um, over the next few weeks, maybe a couple months, um, be looking at a series I've titled, Be Careful. You ever heard that old um, Sunday school song, Be Careful Little Eyes What You See, right? Be Careful Little Mouth What You Say, right? Do you really want me to sing this? No! <laughs> Too bad! No! I'm not going to do it. But there's a, the picture. Did you put make that graphic for me, Karina? For the series? Yes? No? Yes? No? Waiting for it. I usually don't look behind me. I didn't get eyes put back there, so I try not to look back there. I'm distracted enough by looking what's in front of me. But there's a movie going around. Did you? Yes? No? No. You didn't? Oh, lady. <sighs> but the series uh, is all about being careful. And it's based off this 1 John chapter 2 scripture. That starts in verse 3. It's verses 3 through 6. Um, and you want, I mean, every, every book of the Bible is extremely important. But I just love when I was doing a study on um, 1 John. It's funny that over nine times love your brother is mentioned in this small little book. Just in 1 John. 14 times it mentions obeying his commands. 22 times the words we know are mentioned. Just in this small little book. We know. We know. Not we think. It might be, but we know, we know. I mean, it's like a hammer being pounded in. Come on, come on, we know. Come on, we know. What? What's he talking about? About obeying his commands. Come on, we know. We have to obey his Come on, we know this. We know this. Love your brother. Obey his commands. Love your... Can you just hear it? Oh, you will if you read it and drink more coffee. Wake up. Man! Sometimes I wish it was just a great big mirror up here for you guys to see your faces as, as uh, we're sharing the word. But in these three verses here, and again, this is the series scripture. It says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, 
God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The whole series is to be careful, be careful, be careful. What? To walk as Jesus did. Don't haphazardly say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I know him, I know him. If you're not walking as Jesus did. Because the person who confesses one thing, confesses, I believe in Jesus, but lives as if he doesn't exist, is no more than a practical atheist. Living as if Jesus isn't what? In you. <laughs> You're carrying the kingdom. What, what, did we, what was the message last week? Come on, people. We are the light of the world. So why do we walk around and, uh, and talk and live and, and just do what everybody else is doing? Not only does that not profess that you are a believer, but it also tarnishes the whole name of Christ, who he is. If you live no better than your neighbor does who, you know, says there is no God, what are we doing? Be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Can you just, I just want that to ring true throughout these, you know, entire weeks that we go through this. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Uh, and today we're going to focus on um, our mouth. Over the series, we're going to talk about um, our mouth. Today we'll talk about our mouth, being careful what we say. Be We'll, we'll go through our eyes. Be careful, little eyes. Not just what you see, but what you focus on. You know, be careful, ears. Not just what you hear, but how you hear. We'll talk about our mind. Be careful about, you know, renewing your mind and, and what you allow to go through your mind. And uh, be careful, little hands, what you do, you know. Can you, can you just hear the whole little Sunday school song? If you've never heard it before, go ahead and YouTube it. It's on there. Our hearts, you know, be careful what you allow your heart to be attracted by or, or infatuated by or truly love, you know, your devotion. So we're going to go through mouth, eyes, ears, hand, mind, and heart. And it's not that any of these are put in a particular order because really you need to have all six of these things working in cooperation with each other. You know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, you can't say what you haven't heard. They just build upon each other. So in order to walk as Jesus did, we must say what he said, see what he's seen, hear what hurt. Think about what he's thinking about. Love as he loves. Do as he did. This First uh, John chapter 2, the verses I read you, the Full Life Study Bible says, John was contending against misunderstanding of the doctrine of grace and salvation. 
He opposed these teachers who taught that forsaking a sinful life was optional for a believer. They declared that one can legitimately know God in a saving relationship and at the same time be indifferent to God's wills, God's will and his commands. Those who make such a claim, John states, are liars and do not have God's truth in them. The attempt to be justified through faith in Christ without a commitment to follow is doomed, doomed to failure. So today, like I said, we're going to focus on our mouth. Saying what Jesus said. Be careful, be careful, be careful to say only what Jesus would say. So in Proverbs chapter 18, two verses. Really, if you go through Proverbs, hundreds of verses on our mouth and what we say. But two verses. Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21 says, From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. If you're careful to say only what God is saying, you will see a fruit produced in your life that you can actually eat from and be satisfied, filled and satisfied. But in the same mouth is death and no fruit that you want to eat would come from death being spoken from your mouth. But it's in there. It's both. But it's either one or the other. You can't speak and produce a harvest of a fruit that you can eat of, be satisfied, filled with, content with, if you're speaking death. And actually when you, because we'll get into that in a little bit, out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. Out of the same mouth comes life and death. It will eat the one. One will eat the other. It will cancel out. So if you speak life, but then you're speaking death, it will swallow up. Kind of like the, um, gosh, now I'm going off here. But re remember when um, God called Moses, right? And out in the desert, and he said, hey, how will they know that you sent me, God? Give me, give me something. And he basically, what do you have in your hand? And it's a staff. And he said, throw it down. It became a snake. And he said, pick it up. And that's how, you know. So he's like, ooh, I'm going with a magic trick, you know. And this will prove that God is with me. I know it's PBT. It's Pastor Brenda translation. Okay. And anyway, he gets up there and they're like, well, you know, who's, who's to say God sent you? And he threw down his staff, right? And it became a stake and all the magicians went. So big deal. And they threw down their staffs and they became snakes. But Moses' snake swallowed up 
all the other ones. And then he walked up there and picked up that staff, snake and it became a staff. How could he do that? Because he was careful to say only what God told him to say. But when we are spewing out death more often than life, death will swallow up those life words that we speak. But if we're careful to speak what God's speaking and life, 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 when death does try to replicate or produce something in your life, that life word will swallow up the death around you. Can't attack you. Can't harm you. That was a freebie. Had nothing to do. You know, it did have everything to do with the message. Sorry. Remember when Jesus spoke that hard word, you know, about eating his flesh and drinking his blood and all of his followers, a lot of the majority of are just like, you know, this is too hard. I'm out of here. Too weird. Too crazy. I'm out. And he turned to the disciples and he said, well, you guys are going to leave too? And I think it was Peter that every once in a while he said a good word. And said, what? Are you crazy? Again, PBT. Pastor Brenda translation. Are you crazy? Where would we go? For you alone have the words of life. Now this wasn't some brilliant scholar who discerned you are the wise one because I'm wise and I can understand your wise words. No, it's a fisherman. But he said, where else would we go? You have the words of life. Remember, it was Jesus that said, I don't say anything I haven't heard my father say. In John 12, 50, he said, I say just what the father has told me to say. So to walk as Jesus did, we have to be careful to say what Jesus would say. Those life words. You have the, you have the words of life. Because you're either saying what Jesus is saying. In agreement with what Jesus is in agreement with. Or you're in agreement with the devil. And you're saying things in the mouth as the power of life and death. So you're in, either in agreement with and speaking in agreement with life. Or you're in agreement with and speaking in agreement with death. It's either one or the other. I mean, search the scriptures. It is either one or the other. You'll love one, hate the other, devoted to one, and despise the other. It's always one or the other. There's only two trees in the garden that we had the choice. One or the other. Oh, you chose that one? Okay, I'm shutting off that one then. We're either in agreement with one or we're in agreement with the other. And I hear this excuse a lot. Well, it's just my opinion. You know, I'm just, I'm just a realist. I want to look at both sides of the coin. And Brian and I was actually discussing this in the vehicle, um, driving a week or so ago. And it's like, now if we're only supposed to be speaking what Jesus would speak, do you ever remember reading that in the Bible? He's sitting around with the disciples and they're like, 
you know, oh, you have the words of life. So, you know, what are, you know, well, let me give you both sides of the coin here. You know, I just want to be a realist and, and give you my opinion, you know, that. No, but we like to put these pretty little bows on these ugly little comments that we make and somehow it justifies our reason for being in agreement with the world instead of in agreement and speaking life. It's human nature to pull down. It's godly to lift up. Complaining pulls down. Arguing pulls down. Our opinions pull down. I mean, unless you, I guess you can, you can retrain your opinions to be positive. You can. So I don't want to make it sound like you can't ever voice your opinion. Just make sure your opinion lines up with the word. And then you're speaking life into situations. So instead of just slapping a pretty little bow on it or, um, yeah, let's just say that. How about we just change what we're saying? If you can't hear Jesus saying what you're saying, you shouldn't be saying it. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. In Matthew 4, 4, remember Jesus said that it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. Listen, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So PBT here, man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Live life. You're not speaking what? The words that are coming from God's mouth, you're speaking death. And they'll die. You'll die. Without the word being spoken from the mouth of God. Man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So be careful, be careful, be careful. One, be careful to speak life over yourself. You can't give health if you're not healthy you can't speak words of life if if you're speaking words of death to yourself or over yourself that's not even a atheist that's a what would that be in <laughs> thank you thank you Wayne hypocrite yeah I was trying to See, there I was trying to put a nice bow on something so ugly. Pretty little bow. It's a hypocrite. It really is. Plain and simple. Oh, so do you mean I can't ever speak nothing if I'm going through? No, we're supposed to be going through it, though. Not stuck in it or giving an excuse to stay in it. Stop it. Get out of it. Go through it. You know, the whole idea of um, going through is that we didn't set up camp in the valley of the shadow of death. But though I walk through, you know, keep going through. That's why Paul said, follow me as, not follow me sitting here and we'll just talk about the good times. You know, and hold on until Jesus comes back. No, follow me as I follow Christ. 
There's a progression. I mean, I get it all the time. I really believed I could not go into the jails and minister to people in the jails where I came from because I still had issues. And the pastor, I mean, it took a lot of counseling, but he finally said, are you still pressing on? And I'm like, I don't even know what that meant, really. I'm like, what, what does that mean? You know, he's like, are you a learner? Are you a disciple? Is the things that you were doing yesterday still okay for you to do today? Or do you feel like you're moving on with and wanting to go in deeper and grow more with God? And I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, have you arrived? I'm like, oh, heck no. Oh, see, there I go. Probably shouldn't have said that. See, I'm still growing, still learning. He's like, then if you are pressing in and constantly growing and don't feel like you've attained or arrived or here I am, and you don't start, and I like that because he always reminds me, don't make excuses to allow sin to stay in your life. Then you can say, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And he said, and you'll see these things start falling off. As long as you don't make excuses to hold on to them. I really believe it's a hook of the enemy when you start making excuses to keep sin in your life that he's got you. And really, it will taint, tarnish, poison even everything you do from there on out. You have to, I mean, and what, I used to make excuses for a lot of things. Dear Lord, I could sit here and really feel really bad about myself and list them to you. And there's some things that come as, as easy as, when, when God downloads a message to me, he starts here first. I mean, I, I started repenting. Oh, Lord, you can't, don't let, I don't want to talk about the mouth because I am so far from, you know, having that one down, you know. And he reminded me, same thing. Are you still pressing in? Are you still going on? Yeah. I mean, hello, you guys hear me say it all the time. That's what I just said. I'm still working on it. But I'm never going to make an excuse for it and hang on to it. Well, that's just my fallen nature that, you know, that's where and that's how I can. And No, forget it. That's not what Jesus wants for me. I'm supposed to be created in the image of God. I've been predestined. We've all been predestined. God had in his mind before we were ever created to be the very image of his son, Jesus. So if I'm saying things that Jesus wouldn't say, then I need to be working on getting that out of there. With the help of the Holy Spirit in me, not making excuses to keep it around. Speak life over yourself. Listen, Chris Valentin said, destructive confessions become self-fulfilled prophecies, which ultimately become negative ecosystems that imprison our minds and derail our destiny. I know that was like so huge. I'll say it again a little bit slower. Destructive confessions, when we speak, Death over ourselves, when we don't speak life over ourselves, destructive confessions become self-fulfilled prophecies. Well, I knew that was going to happen. See, I told you I was stupid. 
which ultimately become negative ecosystems, which means it will negatively produce more and more and more and more negative things in your life. An ecosystem will ultimately become a negative ecosystem that imprison our minds and derail our destiny. You have to keep speaking life over yourself, over your emotions, over your finances, over your health, over your marriage, over your kids, over your job, over everything. You have to be speaking life. Listen, if man lives, lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God, when you're not speaking what comes from the mouth of God, when you're not speaking those words, what you don't feed will die. But what you feed will live. So if your body, listen, if you eat three times a day to keep your flesh alive, you should be eating the words coming from the mouth of God. Why do I keep hearing this movie? Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? Sorry, those movie phrases, they get me every time. But if you're not speaking those words, your spirit will die. You'll be starving your spirit, and then guess what? You're still feeding your flesh. Guess what's going to rule in your life? What you feed. Feed your spirit. Feed your flesh. Be careful. Speak life over yourself. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, your emotions, your soul, and healing to your bones. There's actual testimonies, not even in the church at all. This is just a medical testimonies of people who had been diagnosed with cancer and other illnesses like that. And the doctor prescribed comedy. And they go home and watch these comedy laughing, 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 laughing. And they're diagnosing all of a sudden the illness is gone. How does that happen? Health, pleasant words are health to your bones. If the joy of the Lord is your strength, if you're not living in joy, you are not strong. And it's not happiness, joy, his joy. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. They're all his given to us. We just need to receive it. So say only what God says about you, nothing else. Stop these negative things that are coming out of your mouth. Stupid, I'm dumb, oh, you know, you moron. What are you thinking, you know? Speak life. I was catching myself saying all the time, people are like, oh, I'm just stupid, that's just positive confession. Yeah, what's so horrible about that? You, you, it's okay to speak negative confessions over yourself. 
But you begin speaking positive confessions over yourself and people call you a, oh, that's not even me. That's just horrible how you name it and claim it, people. Uh, no. Think I'm just speaking like God would speak into my life. Would he speak negative things in your life? Or would he speak positive things into your life? Again, child parent relationship we can look at our own earthly relationships we call parents who are um overbearing negative speaking um harmful hurtful to their child good parents no actually uh, there's a good you know cell in a you know four by four cell that they need to be in right why because they're harming their children they're hurting them uh, a husband and wife relationship it don't even have to be physical abuse anymore it can be <coughs> emotional abuse you guys are awake right you're breathing in and out do I need to speak life into you you're all awake okay emotional abuse so you try to Line this up. Would God really say this about you? No. Would God really believe this? No. Would God want this for me? No. Then why am I speaking them into my life? Uh, over our finances, I caught myself, we don't have the money to do that. We don't have the money to do that. We don't have the money to do that, right? And it just came up more and more. And, you know, of course, um, trying to continue to learn and grow. I'm like, you know what? We do have the money to do this or that. We choose not to use the money to do this or that. Just retraining the way we're saying it. Why? Because I'm speaking death into our fine. We don't have money. We do. I just choose where to put it and where not to put it. Or if it's something really nice, I say we will have the money to do that Soon, we're just not going to do that right now. We will have the money to do that soon. Speak in life. Speak life. Speak life over yourself. And speak life over others. Speak life over others. And I've got a lot of scripture. Write it down. Read it later. Ephesians 4, listen, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, which is attacking someone's character. Along with every form of malice, which malice is just being spiteful. You always have to get that one word in there. Verse 32, but be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember reading somewhere where Jesus says, um, you don't forgive others? Don't look for God to forgive you. That's, that's pretty harsh. 
I, I went through Matthew chapter 5, which I've been stuck on for a while. Gosh, I've got it. Oh, Lord Jesus. Um, sorry, I just looked at the time. Um, Matthew chapter 5, where he starts getting into the Beatitudes, and he throws out the first one. You've heard it said, do not murder. But then he goes into, um, don't even hate your brother. Hate is the same as murder. Um, I want to challenge you to jump into that scripture and really look that over. Because he talks about two different things there. The first one, he says, uh, if you notice, if you're at the altar presenting your gift, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. He didn't say that you're there at the altar and you remember you and your brother had a fight and you're holding bitterness against him. As a matter of fact, it didn't allude to it being that person's fault at all. He said there you remember that your brother has something against you. You need to leave your gift, go to them, make it right. Now, when you really study that out in the scripture and then even into the next one where it says, now, if you're being taken to court because you did something wrong, you need to make it right. He first told him, even if you did nothing wrong at all, it's your responsibility to go tell. Why? Love. Because if you don't make it right quickly, that brother, that sister is in danger, it says, of hell. Bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. You are at the altar and you remember, it's not even my fault, but they have something against me. It's my responsibility as a brother who's supposed to love to go and make it right. Why? Am I going to allow my brother or sister to go to hell? I mean, you line it up with the rest of the scripture. That's why he says, don't let. The sun go down while you're still mad. Don't go to bed angry. Why? Because you're giving the devil a foothold and you are in danger of hell. And you're causing your brother, your sister, your spouse, your child, whoever it is, your friend, to be in danger of hell. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds, if we even have a tomorrow. And you go to bed angry because you just, he wasn't listening and she's just, and he always, and they never. And so I'll go to bed. What if they don't wake up the next morning? I mean, if we, I, we want to believe the best, right? They live their whole life serving the Lord. We want to believe the best. But if they went to bed with unforgiveness in their heart, bitterness, they're in danger of hell. Our responsibility is to love them, to not allow them or the devil, not allow the devil a foothold in their life. No, forget it. I don't care what it was. I don't care who's right, who's wrong. Forget it. I get this all the time and I actually have people get upset with me because they want to come and share their side of the story with me over this fight that's going on. I'm, I don't care. Well, don't you want to hear? Nope, not at all. You're both wrong. Fix it now. Get on with it. Doesn't matter. But he, but she, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Hurry up. Fix it. Because you're both in danger right now. Hell. Sorry, that was a nice one, but I'm running out of time. I really have to, I mean, 
throw a bow on it if you have to. I don't care. Try to make that prettier. I'm really trying to get all this out and, and looking at the time here. So be careful to speak life over yourself. Be careful to speak life over others. Remember, love. Love is not selfish. It says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Not what you can benefit from it, but according to their needs. And listen, it'll also benefit those that are hearing that. So forgive quickly. Speak words of life over others. It releases God's grace into their life. Listen. Supernatural enablement along with God's favor is released when you speak life over other people. Over yourself. And then last, be careful not to speak death. Again, I tell you all the time, if we focus more on the do's, the don'ts will take care of themselves. So you focus on speaking life over yourself, speaking life over others. You won't have to focus on this, but I feel like at least in the next few minutes, which we have to reset that clock so that we're finishing before I'm supposed to be finished completely, okay? So I, I was... I was misinformed, so y'all just going to bear with me now. Um, be careful not to speak death. Growing up, we all heard it said, right? If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Proverbs 17, 27 or 28 says, even a fool is thought wise when he shuts up. My, my oldest son, Isaiah, was just with us since it was my birthday yesterday. And I threw out the word, shut up. Mom, we don't say that. I wanted to. I really wanted to come back. Really? We said it all the time when you were growing up and didn't kill you. But, I, I mean, I looked at little Owen. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Just keep your lips shut. I mean, no. I mean, just, okay. But even a fool is all wise when he shuts up. What does it say in the presence of many words is sin. So sin is not absent when there's lots of words. Just God had to shut Zachariah's mouth. Why? So he didn't kill the promise that was going to be birthed. He's like, how do I know that you're going to? Okay, shut up. That's just it. Not going to speak another word. When uh, Joshua's army was marching around Jericho, what was their command? Shut up. Mm. Why? Because could you just see the whole army? This is so dumb. What are we doing? How do you have to go around? How many times have we been around this? I'm so tired. Is he even listening to God? What is it with this torch in this glass jar? What is this going to really do? Could you just hear him? So his command is to tell nobody, they don't say a word walking around this. Can you see it? Why? Because power of life and death are in our tongue and we will eat of its fruit or that fruit will eat us. That fruit of death will eat you alive. But if you're careful to speak life, You'll eat of its fruit. And it says you'll be filled. 
and satisfied. I have so much more to say to you. All right, stand up. I've got to close. James chapter 3, he talks about the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. That that very small little thing determines the course of your entire life. That little thing. Be careful what you say. Philippians 2 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Arguing, complaining should not be in the mouth of a Christian. Because if you can't hear Jesus saying it, you shouldn't be saying it. And that's over yourself and over each other. And over life in general. Speak life. The power of life and death are in our tongue. We have been created in the image of God. He spoke and the universe was created. What we speak creates life or death. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. I want to challenge you to really, I mean, like I said earlier, go through Proverbs. Get a highlighter. Get a pen and mark every verse that talks about your mouth, your tongue, the words you say. And see how important it is to be careful. And I would encourage you, because a lot of us battle with this one, the negative self-image. Keep it in your journal somewhere, a list of everything God says about me. Not me, Brent, me, you. About yourself, about you, being a child of God, the apple of his eye. I have great plans and future for you, like the hope great destiny write those down so when those wrong thoughts come in or you hear yourself you know I'm stupid I'm crazy I'm you know uh, you can go back to that journal put it on your phone if you carry your phone with you everywhere put it on your phone just in list format and just know I am a child of God I have been redeemed I have been justified I am the righteousness I am seated with Christ in heavenly place and just start like a mantra almost speaking those words of life because you will eat of that fruit when you speak life so father we just thank you god for your words are life your words are life oh you spoke in the creation 
breathed. Mm. Your words, your words are life. And we just eat from those words, not just today, but Holy Spirit, help us to eat of those words every day, two, three, four times a day, to continually to go back to that fruit and just eat again, eat again. Remind us, God, I, I pray right now that Holy Spirit alarm would go off in our mind every time we pick up something and put it in our mouth to remind us we need to pick up your word and eat from your word to feed our spirit. Speak right now, speak right now, speak right now in every ear that's here today. Speak in every ear that's listening by podcast, even. Speak, speak. I believe right now he's wanting to speak a specific word to you. Listen, his words are life. Listen to him. Listen to him. Let's just be quiet for a while. Listen, listen, listen. 